This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. As chairman of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, it is my honor, Mike, to welcome you into the Hall of Fame family. And to ask Commissioner Manfred to read the inscription on your plaque. Michael Joseph Piazza, Mike. Los Angeles National League, 1992 through 1998. Florida National League, 1998. New York National League, 1998 through 2005. San Diego National League, 2006. Oakland American League, 2007. A durable and prolific power hitting catcher who belted 427 career home runs including a record 396 at the position. Caught at least 100 games 11 times, leading the NL in putouts on four occasions. The 1993 NL Rookie of the Year and a 12-time All-Star named Game MVP in 1996. Led the Mets to the 2000 Subway Series and helped rally a nation one year later with his dramatic home run in the first Mets game in New York following the 9-11 attacks. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're gonna make this harder than it is, I'm telling you right now. First and foremost, I sincerely wish to thank the Baseball Writers of America for voting me into the hall. I appreciate how high your standards are, and I consider your blessing a tremendous source of pride and joy. Thank you to Jane, Jeff, Walker, and everyone at the National Baseball Hall of Fame. You treat us like family, help us in every way, and every fan should rest peacefully knowing you are the caretakers of the game. Thank you. Kenny. It is an incredible honor to be going in alongside of you. About the only thing we have in common as ballplayers are two arms and two legs. <laughs> your talent, athleticism, and tremendous joy you brought to your teammates and fans was infectious. The work ethic you showed as a first overall pick is inspiring. When no one would have blamed you to rest on your pedigree, you worked tirelessly to shine and that's why you had the highest vote percentage in history. I'll never forget the first time I witnessed your skills. Unfortunately, it came at my expense when you robbed me on a ball in the gap instructionally early in our careers. 
I knew at that time professional baseball was going to be very difficult. I'm so happy for you. God bless you and your family. Thank you to all the legends and Hall of Famers on this stage behind me. You all have given us great joy and inspiration. The only way I ever thought I would be here with you is if I bought a ticket. It's a tremendous, it is a testament to our great country and game that dreams can come true. You just need to be willing to pay the price. Two that are very special to me are Mike Schmidt and Johnny Bench. Schmitty, I watched you as a child. I celebrated with you and suffered with you. You are a true man of class and faith. The outpouring of emotion when you announced your retirement showed how much pressure you put on yourself to perform and I always considered you an inspiration. God bless you. And Johnny Bench. Johnny, you will always be the best of all time. You revolutionized catching, and the game is better because of it. Your leadership and performance in the biggest games will never be matched. Although maybe I hit the ball just a little better to right field. <laughs> I think one of the most amazing things about the hall is that no one goes in here alone. We all have had many people helping us, inspiring us, coaching us, and yes, sometimes kicking us in the rear. And now it is my tremendous honor and privilege to thank those that have done this for me. My love affair with baseball started in a small steel town about a four-hour drive south of here named Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. It was a tough town, blue collar, coming off the prosperities of the 50s and 60s. The steel mills had closed and what was left were the sons and daughters of immigrants. They loved God, their families, and sports. I came up through an intensely competitive little league, youth league, and high school program. This town loved its sports. It was evident the fact we were not as big as some of the neighboring towns, some twice our size, but in baseball, we punched above our weight. My high school coach was John Doc Kennedy, and he loved the game. Was a great teacher and still scouts today. From early in my high school career, he never gave me anything. He knew my dad and knew who his friend was, yet he still made me work to earn his place on the varsity. I'm speaking of my dad's friend. Tommy Lasorda from my dad's hometown of Norristown, Pennsylvania, the town in which I was born. But his personality and toughness were larger than life. He eventually went on a professional career, until this day, is not only famous for being a Hall of Fame big league manager, but by being sent down so that the Brooklyn Dodgers could make room for Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda was always in my corner. He believed when he watched me hit at a young age of 14 that I could play Major League Baseball. Tommy, you were always there for me. You made me your bat boy when the Dodgers were in Philadelphia. You always sent me baseball equipment when I needed it. You convinced the Dodgers to draft me. You gave me big league at bats in spring training when I was a green, wide-eyed kid out of junior college. You went to bat for me when I walked away for the game. You convinced the Dodgers to let a very popular catcher and Mike Sosha go so that a veteran pitching staff would know that I was their catcher my rookie year. No matter how many mistakes I made or how inexperienced I was. And speaking of experience, 
I was blessed to have a demanding pitching staff with such names as Oral Hershiser, Kevin Gross, Ramon Martinez, and Tom Candiotti. Tommy one day consoled me when I was having and when I was really struggling to catch his knuckleball and throw out runners by saying, Mike, I don't give a crap if you ever throw anybody out. Just go out and hit me a three-run home run. <laughs> Tommy was always there for me like a guardian angel. After high school, he sent me to the University of Miami, and after a less than stellar freshman season in which I went two for nine with no, RBI, no RBIs, Tommy sent me to Miami-Dade Community College where I played for Dr. Demi Maneri, the all-time winningest coach of junior college baseball. Doc played me at first that season. I hit a respectable 360 and started showing some power. Doc's son, Paul Maneri, was the head coach of St. Thomas University at the time, and he was amazingly supportive and told me no matter how frustrating baseball could be, you need to go on, keep going, and keep playing. Speaking of playing, Tommy, my father, and then coach Joe Ferguson started kicking the idea around of me possibly playing catcher. He convinced then scouting director Ben Wade to waste a late round, and I mean late round draft pick on me. And so began my adventure in professional baseball. I was fortunate enough to have Johnny Roseboro and Kevin Kennedy as my first catching instructors. I could still remember the pain of blocking balls by the machine and lying in bed at night, but it wasn't all bad. I actually got the chance to hit batting practice off the great Sandy Koufax a little benefit of being with the Dodgers. Tommy then sent me down to the Dominican uh, camp of the Dodgers Campo Las Palmas in the Dominican Republic to pick up valuable experience and communicate with Spanish-speaking pitchers. One happens to be here behind me, Pedro Martinez. Reta Corva Cambia. I returned to the States with more confidence and the belief that actually I can do this thing, catching that is. One spring training early in my minor league career, I noticed a rather imposing hitting coach around the cages. He strutted around like a peacock, he had that drill sergeant voice, and if you said something he had dis disagreed with, he'd snarl at you and your spine would shrink. He was Reggie Smith. There's always a handful of people in your life who changed the direction of your destiny. Reggie was this for me. He originally came up with the Boston Red Sox with Ted Williams as his hitting coach. And I was so fortunate to have Ted Williams give me a priving hitting lesson at 15 years old, as you saw in the video. There's no greater experience than a 15-year-old inspiring here to get a lesson from the greatest hitter of all time. Reggie knew right away that I had something you couldn't teach, power. And he wasted no time working with me in the cage to refine my swing and make it shorter. He knew my swing at the time was too long, and he had to shorten it to make it quicker. He did this with a series of drills and disciplines he learned as a player in Japan. I responded, worked, and started to get it. One drill actually on a tee, I could eventually square up a line drive with my eyes closed. Reggie so much cared about me, the one year I was frustrated and quit my minor league team, he actually came to my house and told me I was coming back and to do exactly what the Dodgers said. Reggie, thank you for this, and thank you for helping me. You are a great hitting coach, but the biggest lesson that you taught me was how to get through the game of life and to never quit.
Another coach I wish to thank is Dave Wallace. He also convinced me to come back the time I quit. He was my pitching coach with the Mets a couple of years and I very much enjoyed working with him. Dodgers had an amazing major in my early camp in Dodgertown, Vero Beach, Florida. Joe Ferguson worked with me to refine my catching skills and being a converted catcher of similar size helped me catch according to my body type. Maybe few here remember a scout named Mel You Betcha Bottom Dollar Didier. He was always in my corner. I want to thank him. I got, he got me through the toughest times in the minors when it could have ended all before it got started. Joe Malfitano was another coach who helped me tremendously. He was close to about 100% on calling pitch outs. An amazing baseball man. Our bullpen coach was Mark Cressy, and he actually made spring training fun. Go figure. We had Catcher's Olympics where he worked on our skills and prizes at the finish. No one worked harder than Mark. I can't tell you the amount of batting practice he threw myself and the team, and it was always straight as a string. Bert Hooten was a minor league pitching coach, and at first was unconvinced that I could be a prospect. Later he told my dad that he thought that I was actually the only prospect on my team and apologized to him. Bert was also my pitching coach for my one year in Mexicali in the Mexican Winter League, and he was a great coach. As I started to rise through the Dodgers minor league system, I eventually became friends with Eric Karros, a slick, slugging, first baseman out of USC, UCLA by way of San Diego. Eric won Rookie of the Year in 1992, and pretty much like myself, was a blue-collar, hardworking, pretty much self-made player. And he would actually steal a base on you if you didn't watch him. Eric was kind enough to invite me to live with him and a couple other roommates my rookie year, and we had pretty good time. <laughs> Eric showed me how to be a big leaguer. He was a leader in the clubhouse and pretty much played every day. Eric, he reached out to me and we had the time of our lives. It was too short, but your kindness and leadership have always been prominent in my memory. You were an underrated player and I truly believe that you hitting behind me gave me great protection in the lineup and significantly impacted my career. I always love seeing you and so happy for your success in your broadca broadcasting career. I love you, bro, and God bless you and your wonderful family. It truly was an honor and a privilege to be drafted, signed, and developed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mr. Peter O'Malley was a wonderful owner. He was a tremendous family man who prided himself on having the best possible atmosphere to play baseball in an otherwise quiet town of Vero Beach. I can remember many times when he had barbecues and parties. It truly was an incredible experience, and I've always cherished and valued my time there. I will always be eternally grateful for the opportunity. The Dodgers and I parted ways, and then I played a short week with the Marlins before getting traded again. Even though I was there for about a week, I had the privilege to play for an amazing baseball man in manager Jim Leland. I consider Jim one of the game's true treasures. A week later, at my home in Florida, my lifelong friend and agent Danny Lozano, which I wish to thank for listening, for making me listen to him, told me that I was traded to the New York Mets.
It was actually the last team that I, had managed, that I imagined wanted me, but it was the most amazing experience any human being could have. I can't thank our general manager at the time, Steve Phillips, enough. Steve, you took a chance on me, and I'll be forever grateful. I would also like to thank owners Fred and Jeff Wilpon. No price could be put on the experience of playing in New York. Actually, Queens. We were managed at a time by a, a colorful, unpredictable manager named Bobby Valentine. Bobby, I know we didn't always agree, but you were an amazing motivator, extremely intelligent baseball man, and I can honestly say that you gave the best pregame motivational speech I ever heard. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> When I was traded, there was a gutsy, not so big in stature, but big heart, left-handed pitcher named Johnny Franco. He was kind enough to take me into his home and give me his number 31. I know it had special significance to him, but he unselfishly gave it to me, and I will always be grateful. The first game I caught for the Mets that year was pitched by an intimidating yet cerebral left-handed pitcher with a devastating slider named Al Leiter. I never caught someone so intense and with a sense of perfection. One time he actually got mad at me because my idol Mike Schmidt was on a trip with the Phillies at Shea and he went down to the tunnel uh, to coach in the cage because it was raining. I wanted so badly to talk to Schmidt that I was actually inadvertently coaching a few of their hitters. And he let me know about it. We had a wonderful friendship and some amazing times on the road and I was always can say that it was my biggest honor to catch one of his best pitch games, a one-game playoff in 1999 against the Cincinnati Reds, in which he didn't shake me off one time. Really wasn't that hard, I just called for a slider. Al, you're an amazing teammate, loving husband, an amazing father to your children, and I have the highest respect for you. I was also very fortunate to play with some incredible teammates in New York. Edgardo Alfonso comes to mind. Mipana. Edgardo Alfonso was a great fielder and clutch hitter. Many times I can remember him picking me up when I failed to come through. As a matter of fact, one memorable 3-1 home run, home run that I hit on July 4th in the eighth inning against the Braves Edgardo actually had an amazing two-strike hit that tied the game and allowed me to relax and feel more confident at the plate knowing we were tied. A few guys up here know what that means. <laughs> How can I put my, into words, my thanks, love, and appreciation for New York Mets fans? You have given me the greatest gift and have graciously taken me into your family. 
Looking out today at all the incredible sea of blue and orange brings back the greatest time of my life. You guys are serious. We didn't get off on the best foot, but we both stayed with it. At first, I was pressing to make you cheer and wasn't doing the job. You didn't take it easy on me, and I am better because of it. Sometimes a jockey whips a horse. It isn't always pleasant to watch, but it gets results. The eight years we spent together went by way too fast. The thing I miss most is making you cheer. No fans rock the house like Mets fans. You are passionate, loyal, intelligent, and love this great game. To be the only second Met to enter the Hall of Fame following Tom Seaver brings me great pride and joy. And I truly enjoyed Gary Carter's company. He was a wonderful man, a great player, and I miss him. Unfortunately, it wasn't always the ups and downs of baseball season we experienced. September 11, 2001 is a day that forever changed our lives. To witness the darkest evil of the human heart and witness that that, as it tore, many loved ones from their families will forever be burned in my soul. But from tragedy and sorrow came bravery, love, compassion, character, and eventual healing. Many of you give me praise for the two-run home run on the first game back to September, on September 21st to push us ahead of the rival Braves. But the true praise belongs to police, firefighters, first responders who knew that they were gonna die, but went forward anyway. Jesus said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. I consider it an honor and privilege to have witnessed that love. Your families and those left behind are always in my prayers. I pray we never forget their sacrifice and work to always defeat such evil. I was blessed to play one season in San Diego for a great manager in Bruce Bochy, a cool general manager in Kevin Towers. I always look back on my one year with fondness and affection, wonderful fans, and a great place to play. I also got to spend some time with Tony Gwynn, who sadly is no longer with us. I think he alone cost me about three batting titles. But he brought out the best in me, and I was very pleased the National League batting title would be named after him and the American League title after the amazing Rod Crew. I couldn't imagine leaving the stage without thanking my family. My father Vince was a son of Italian immigrants. He's so proud of his Italian heritage. Una grazie infinitio al paese italiano che ha fatto i regali di mio padre. My dad always dreamed of playing in the major leagues for his all-American love of baseball. 
He cannot follow that dream as the realities of life and having to support his family forced him to work. He built a great business and employed many people. My father's faith in me, often greater than my own, is the single most important factor of me being inducted into this Hall of Fame. Thank you, Dad. I know he watched every game, cried when I cried, was angry when I was angry, and celebrated more than I could ever celebrate. He is a man deeply devoted to his family, and after having suffered a major stroke a few years ago, is stronger willed than ever. We made it, Dad. The race is over. Now it's time to smell the roses. My mother gave me the greatest gift a mother can give a child. She gave me the gift of my Catholic faith. This has had a profound impact on my career. It has given me patience, compassion, and hope. Pope Benedict XVI said, no one who has, says, one who has hope lives differently. Mom, you raised five boys mostly on your own, and you're always there for me. One special moment, in, a memory, in, the, in my memory of my mother is an, old, is an ice cold high school game at Owen J. Roberts High School in which I hit two home runs. There may be about five or six people watching the game, but as I crossed home plate, I noticed my mom jumping up and down clapping. Mom, you were the glue to our family and a true woman of God. Thank you. I have the coolest brothers a guy could have. My brothers Vincent, Danny, Tony, and Tommy. I can't think of a time where you guys were not in my corner. You had to put up with me as a kid, always getting more swings than you. <laughs> and dad making you shag all my, my fly balls. But you never complained. When I was feeling depressed about not getting drafted in high school, you pulled your money together and bought me a new stereo. You knew, how much I you knew how much I loved music. And the bravery you showed while cheering for me in front of hostile Philadelphia Phillies fans is legendary. <laughs> we had a lot of fun growing up together. I cherish every minute we reconnect. My wife, Alicia, is a special woman. I am privileged to be her husband. I can honestly say I married my best friend. She often jokes we married when my career was, shall we say, in its twilight. But that made it very difficult for her. I'm sure many here behind me struggled a little when our careers ended. Life isn't always easy for a retired ball player. She has had incredible patience with me and is a loving and giving mother. She often puts people's needs ahead of her own. You have brought joy and fun to my life. I love you very much. You've also given me the greatest gift anyone could have, the gift of my children. Nicoletta, Paulina, and Marco, your father's love for you is endless. I pray you always have peace and love in your lives always. Go out, dream big, work tirelessly, and love the Lord. It worked for your dad.
We all persevere. In breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball, Jackie Robinson was a leader to us all, as players and a nation. A man of character, courage, bravery, and discipline. He demonstrated that we're all equal on the field and in the locker room. And his lessons are still as important today as they were in the 1940s and 50s. Be humble and true to yourself. Be smart in how you behave. Make good personal decisions. Stand up for what is right. Above all, my religion is a source of personal strength, not a reason to impose your will or put down those who are different. My belief in God has driven me since my childhood and formed my core values of hard work, faith, and belief in yourself. It means feeling a need to give back to your teammates, to your community, to our children. Nobody on this stage with me who has shared this incredible honor got here without teammates, community support, and mentors. We all have a responsibility to future generations. Shortly after leaving office more than 100 years ago, President Teddy Roosevelt said, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and in the end the triumph, and at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I have been devoted to this great game of baseball, and it is a worthy cause. We players share our love of baseball with millions of fans. That love bridges generations, impacts lives, and helps heal wounds. I want to thank you all for sharing this with me. God bless you, and thank you very much. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.